You are listening to Keystone's Stock Talk Podcast, episode 125. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week, we start by looking at what we are calling the normalcy trade, sparked in part by positive vaccine news and what appears to be a Joe Biden presidency. While returning to the old normal can sound great for the stock market, it may be a case of be careful what you wish for. In this week's Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at two companies. The first, Pfizer Inc., symbol PFE on the New York Stock Exchange, is certainly in the eye of the storm this week after it announced positive initial results for its COVID-19 vaccine. We let you know the current valuations on Pfizer and the potential impact on the stock moving forward. Our second Your Stock Our Take is on Richard's Packaging, symbol RPI.UN on the TSX, which has found a perfect storm during the pandemic, driving record earnings and pushing its share price to an all-time high. We examine the growth and comment on the sustainability. So let's get into the show this week. We come here on the heels of a sold-out webinar this week, which was great. We had literally set aside 45 minutes for Q&A at the end of that. But we could have gone another hour and 45 to get all of your questions in. It's great to see all the participation there. We've got only one of these webinars left in the year. It's literally your last chance. Build a modern stock portfolio with 15 to 25 quality stocks. Build that portfolio, one designed to enrich you, not your advisor. Get four to six stock picks in that that are currently in our research that we rank highly it's on november 17th next tuesday 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific your last chance this year to uh, see that webinar and as well to uh, get those stock picks at the end to help you start off your portfolio start that journey of building your 15 to 25 quality stock portfolio so we encourage you to entertain did you have fun at it aaron of course, I always have fun. And and like we've said before, I think that, that the webinar is really one of the best investments that somebody can make is you're yes, making an investment sure. into yourself, into your own knowledge. So, it, you know, it's it's not um, – it's 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 essentially based on what, what we've learned at Keystone from over 20 years of, of performing analysis and making recommendations to our clients. And we're, we're breaking, we break this down, we find the most important principles, and then we communicate them uh, in that in that three-hour webinar. Yeah. So of course, the only absolutely. negative is you have to see our faces, which is really difficult to uh, stomach. And we've added Brennan's you can just face. Put a post-it note, you can just put a post-it note up on your yes, screen. on the right-hand side, put that up there. Going. You can still hear mm-hmm. our voices, but you don't have to see us. Not much we can do about that. Faces though. for radio, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mainly you. <laughs> Except for Brandon. No. Oh, I go the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Now, um, 
I'm going to start off with a brief commentary here. Um, I'm going to talk about is the old normal good for the market? So over the past week, the markets have cheered the mere thought of normalcy, uh, be it in the political world. Let's try to put party politics aside here. The idea, at least of a few months without inflammatory all caps tweets from a sitting president has helped drive the U.S. market to new highs. Economically and from a health perspective, Pfizer's Monday COVID-19 vaccine breakthrough prompted a scramble for kind of burnt out value stocks and away from lockdown winners, safe havens and anti-globalization plays. But can the old normal come back? And in some cases, should we want it back? Now, don't get me wrong. We all want to get back to taking our kids out or just ourselves out without restrictions, conducting business without restrictions, better job creation, travel, etc. I am definitely with you on that. Just the hope of this in what we call that normalcy trade sent aerospace giant Boeing this week up 20%. A movie theater giant in the U.S. AMC Entertainment Holdings soared 68% in two days this week. On the flip side, a company like Zoom Video Communications, which benefited enormously from remote work during the lockdown, initially dropped 20% on that day alone on the positive vaccine news. Likewise, New York's FANG Index, the grouping of tech giants, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet, and others, fell 6% on Monday alone. With the gap between value and growth stocks in the MSCI's global index at its highest in 20 years, investors have been itching to rotate for a long time. Now, a flight from safe haven assets like gold or Swiss francs and long-term bonds supported by economic gloom and central bank purchases mirrored those moves. Now, while it sounds optimistic, vaccine-aided immunity among developed world populations is potentially possible by the second half of 2021. So shifting those economies away from their crisis footing as early as the first quarter, you could start to see those type of moves. But is this good, like we said, from a market perspective, a stock market's perspective, and not necessarily. More normalcy will mean a rethink of the monetary and fiscal policies that we've kept economies and markets afloat for nine months and not just a flow, a flow to wash with capital. This may mean that they will, again, start looking at corporate income statements and regular household income without subsidies. We'll have to start looking at them that way. This may not look so rosy for the hospitality, the travel, the tour, the retail segments, to name a few, less restrictions, limited healthcare risks. These are undoubtedly positive. But significant damage has been inflicted to many of these companies, and each will have to be looked at at individually to pick the long-term winners and those that will survive. Many are likely still in trouble. Many are subject to discretionary dollars and without government checks and weaker unemployment, this pie remains significantly lower than it was 12 months ago and may remain that way for some time, even if we have a vaccine. Uh, Finally, many of the digital megatrends on the flip side here that have already developed and have been given a huge boost by the pandemic and it's with its passing may simply just usher in the next normal of further global digitalization with all the winners and losers that that brings. So are these losers? Should you be selling out of this stock? Now, that belief that we'll just go back to all in-person meetings, eschewing more efficient video calls seems silly. For what it's worth, we believe the digital transformation, or I do at least, is here to stay. Now, if 
this would we talk about trend and theme investing all the time as far as trends or themes go generally from investment perspective in this case you have to look at every investment on its own merits based off the cash flow that you see in that business make sure you're not just buying a trend but buying a business at a reasonable price that can benefit from a trend i'm going to finish off here with a great example of this in canada with the legalization of cannabis uh, cannabis related stocks have been a very hot topic and into the u.s as well for several years many investors saw years and years of growth in store for this segment ahead and rightfully so but it's not enough to just identify the trend you must invest in the right companies again cannabis is a great example of this we look at the tale of two companies in this segment Tilroy Inc., symbol T-L-R-Y. It's a producer and distributor of medical cannabis. Once a market darling saw its share price rise to over $140. While it has produced some revenue growth, the company has not produced a dime of profit to date, and its share price from those lofty highs has dropped 95%. Over the past year, it's dropped 65% alone. On the other hand, Keystone's top recommendation in the cannabis space, TrueLeave, symbol T-R-U-L, provides, which is very profitable and growing, and has seen its share price in the past year jump 155% and hit new all-time highs today. So again, I'm hammering on this, but it's not enough to just identify the theme. You need to bet on the right horse. Any comments on that, guys? For sure. No, I, I agree 100%. And I do like that you you know bring it back to the cannabis because at that time we saw uh, all these cannabis companies trading at extreme valuations. And, you know, look at tech. We, we are seeing pretty pricey multiples in tech right now. And, you know, it is a good relation that you're making, um, you know, relating it back to cannabis. I think that that is beneficial um, and just overall a good commentary. Um, you know, I think that it's good. It's going to be interesting to see how the logistics of this possible vaccine roll out. I mean, that is a, an absolute hurdle to uh, to overcome. Yeah, and, and if we look at the uh, tech space generally, there are some high valuations. We talk about that in our seminar. Aaron looks through all of the FANG stocks, includes Microsoft in there as well, and looks at each of them on a valuation basis, ranks them against each other, and which we like in that segment. So that provides that's some great value in that seminar, but we do that for our clients all the time. But you know, if you look at that segment, there are some companies that we continue to believe will be long-term winners. And you know, there's a, if you want to go back to the tech, tech and themes there, video communication giant Zoom. Um, there's certainly a massive trend in video communications, and they're one of the leaders. If you look at the business there, you want to be participated in that trend because we think it is a lasting trend. We don't think we go back to all these in-person meetings. You'll have some time to go in person, but it's certainly a more effective way, an efficient way to communicate than flying across the country at times. Now, Zoom is a good company, good growth, but you're paying about 170 times next year's earnings, which is rich valuations. There are also very significant competitors here, like Microsoft and Alphabet, which we would not like to be in a long-term fight against, given their amazing balance sheets. So it's a great trend here that everybody's identified, but we're not sure you're paying a reasonable price for Zoom at present. Perhaps it is and continues to be a long-term winner, but you're certainly buying it at a premium right now, and a lot of people have already identified that trend and, uh, you know, if you're not paying a completely reasonable price, it's not always the best horse to bet on over the long term. For sure. So, Aaron, anything else on that or are you good? 
No, I'm good. Okay, well then you must be geared up for your your stock our take on Pfizer, which very topical this week. Let's get into that. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call your stock our take. Buy, sell, or hold. Excellent, thank you, Ryan. Uh, Pfizer, this tra- this company trades under the symbol PFE on the New York Exchange at a price of about thirty eight dollars per share, and it has a two hundred and ten dollar. billion market cap. Pfizer is one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world with annual sales of over 50 billion. The company develops and markets pharmaceuticals and treatments for the treatment and prevention of a wide range of diseases. They've been in operation for over 150 years and 50% of Pfizer sales are from outside the United States. Pfizer made the news on Monday when the company and its German partner BioNTech announced that their their COVID-19 vaccine candidate has been 90% effective in ongoing phase three trials. Pfizer's stock price shot up after the news and at one point it was up nearly 15% during the day. Since then, however, Pfizer's shares have pulled back and they're now up only about 4% from when the news was released. News of a successful COVID-19 vaccine has been highly anticipated However, people may want to temper their expectations if they think that this means that life is going back to normal anytime soon. The facts seem to indicate that we still don't have a lot of information about this vaccine, its long-term effectiveness, and who can actually take it, meaning is it safe for the elderly or vulnerable people. There's also some news circulating around about how Pfizer's CEO sold 63% of his shares in the company for a total of 5.6 million US on the day that the news of the vaccine was released. Let's take a look at the company's recent financial results. Pfizer Pfizer put out their Q3 results on October 27th. The company recorded quarterly sales down 4% to 12.1 billion and adjusted earnings per share down 3%. For the nine-month period, sales were down 8% and adjusted earnings were down 4%. Historically speaking, Pfizer has not been a growth stock and revenue has actually declined slightly over the past three years. The company is in the process of spinning out a part of its business and management has provided guidance of 6% revenue growth to 2025 for what they refer to as the new Pfizer. Currently, Pfizer trades at a price to earnings valuation of 13 to 14 times based on trailing adjusted EPS of $2.87. Wow, I mean, you you would think that a successful COVID-19 vaccine would be transformational for whichever company discovered it. However, it appears to me that the market is showing some skepticism right now as Pfizer's stock price isn't up that much since the announcement. There are clearly a lot of questions still to answer. I have to provide a disclaimer that I am absolutely no expert when it comes to testing or distributing pharmaceuticals. One thing I have read is that it is generally standard practice for pharma companies to release this kind of news in a peer-reviewed research paper as opposed to a press release. All I can say is that I would not get too excited yet. This may or may not be the vaccine that solves the problem for COVID-19. Certainly the CEO making a major sale of shares on the day of the press release is not a great sign. Financially, Pfizer appears to be doing okay and is trading at a reasonable valuation. But it has not been a growth stock, and we likely would not recommend Pfizer unless we saw better growth in the company's future or without more information on the prospective vaccine. 
There certainly is upside if more positive information is released, but a lot of this potential still appears to be somewhat speculative. Our strategy here is to not get too excited. We continue to follow the story, and when more news and information are released, we would consider a recommendation then. I think it's a great summary. It pays a decent dividend, but for almost five years, you really haven't seen much revenue growth at all. In fact, declining revenues. Um, and you know, for us to really be interested in a company, I mean, you're just betting on perhaps them getting or them being the company that comes forward with the vaccine and it's used. Uh, and there's still a lot of uncertainty regarding that. Uh, we'd like to see growth on the top line that isn't there right now. So it's a company we definitely monitor, but uh, not recommended right at this present time so let's look at your, our second your stock our take it's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call your stock our take buy sell or hold it's greg via email sent this in he says i purchased shares in richard packaging richard's packaging rpi.un on the tsx back in 2013 it has exploded this year during COVID. I am sitting on a tiny profit. would like to know if you rate it as a buy, sell, hold, as I am considering selling some to fund other investments. Brennan, you're going to take that one. Yes, I am. So again, just to reiterate, Richard's Packaging Income Fund, RPI.UN on the TSX, currently trading at a price of $74.63, has a market cap of around $856 million and a yield of 1.8%. So Richard's Packaging Income Fund is involved in the packaging distribution business. Uh, the company principally distributes plastic and glass containers and associated closer closures used in packaging for cosmetics, healthcare, food, beverage, and other product products. And geographically, it derives a majority of revenue from the United States. So just a few key points here. Uh, the company has benefited from the COVID-19 pandemic with organic revenues growing 41% in Q2 and 25% in Q3. Uh, and just to give you an idea, this increase in demand from COVID-19 was due to items such as bottles for hand sanitizer, uh, as well as some pent up demand for medical clinics reopening. Now on the acquisition front in June of 2020, Richard's packaging increased its footprint in the healthcare market by acquiring Clarion Medical Technologies, a leading Canadian provider of medical aesthetic vision care and surgical equipment and consumables for a purchase price of $64.4 million. Uh, but now looking at the company's most recent financial results for Q3 of 2020, uh, revenue was up around 33% to $129 million from $87 million in Q3 of 2019. And like I said before, 25% of this 33% growth was organic with the rest coming from the Clarion acquisition that I also mentioned previously. So good growth here recently from both organic growth and acquisitions. Now, gap net income per unit for the quarter was down to $0.58 cents compared to a gain of $0.80 cents for the same quarter last year. And just looking a little longer term here, year-over-year, 12-trailing-month adjusted EBITDA increased about 72% to $83.5 million, again driven by the COVID-19 pandemic. And looking at evaluation here, Currently, the company is trading with a trailing enterprise value to adjusted EBITDA multiple of approximately 11 times, which is attractive 
if this level of revenue and EBITDA can persist post-COVID-19. But at these current valuations, if trailing EBITDA decline back down to near pre-pandemic normalization, uh, the stock would currently be trading near 18 times, uh, which I would say is close to fair value or even slightly overvalued. Uh, so just keep this, uh, these valuations in mind as we uh, go into the conclusion here. So to conclude, I really like the business that Richard's Packaging operates in, as most consumable products in this day and age have some sort of bottle or simple packaging that the product comes in. Uh, now, Richard's Packaging has a healthy balance sheet, uh, but their 12 trailing month payout ratio is pretty high at around 80%, which is probably common for an income fund structure. Uh, but it is just something to uh, keep an eye on, though, uh, as they do not have much in earnings after paying dividends to fund future growth. Now. The big question here is whether growth in revenue and EBITDA can continue or will both figures slip somewhere between pandemic and pre-pandemic levels. In the company's most recent financial results released at the end of October, management poses exactly this question, stating, as impacts of the coronavirus unwind, the burning question is what level of sales increase and earnings are sustainable in a COVID-free environment. Now, this question is very difficult to answer, but it is of my opinion that since we have already begun to see a slowing of revenue growth after the first wave of COVID, that growth in revenue will continue to taper off close to pre-pandemic levels of approximately 6% annually, and that 12 trailing month revenue and EBITDA could possibly even decline from where it is right now as the pandemic subsides. So to give you an answer, Greg, in the near term, we rate the company as a hold right now. If EBITDA can remain at these levels and annual growth can continue at around 10 to 15%, I believe that the stock is a bargain. But with the uncertainty surrounding the company's future growth rate or where revenue and EBITDA will normalize to, we believe that the stock is near fair value right now. Um, so yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think about that, Ryan and Aaron? Any comments on, uh, on Richard's packaging here? Well, I've been following Richard's, Richard's packaging for several years now in our income research, and the unfortunate um, unfortunate thing about Richard's is that the management has really had a policy of under-promising and over-delivering, which in some cases is is a positive. I mean, and, and you certainly don't want it to be the opposite. You don't want them to over-promise, but they've really under-promised in the, fact, in the past. And I don't know if it's because they've been, they're just not sure what they're able to produce in the upcoming quarter, or if they just want to be really conservative. But I found that their guidance has always been very low. They've always talked about a lot of uncertainties and made it look like there wasn't necessarily much growth on the horizon. And then they would come up with some great quarters and the, and the stock price would shoot up. So it's really difficult to, um, to get a sense of where that revenue growth and those earnings are going when management has been you know, so off on, on, on their outlook in the past. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Like even looking at their MDNA, there, like that uh, quote that I made, you know, as impacts of the corona, coronavirus unwind, uh, yada yada. You know, they even say like after that, you know, we're gonna let you decide for yourselves or pe people decide for themselves. And of course, like we should de decide for ourselves if uh, you know we believe that growth is going to continue. But they don't really, you know, shed too much light on it, other than just showing how it has been trending, you know, in the last couple quarters. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they mean about letting us decide because if they don't know their business enough to set <laughs> solid guidance, then I, then yes. you know your average investor isn't going to be able to figure it out. So I think that you know 
likely they just don't know mm-hmm. um, and they do their best to hit certain targets and in the past they've been able to hit them so that's great but it's just uh I, yeah i'm not really sure what they mean about letting us decide it's kind of a strange comment yeah it is definitely a unique comment you don't often see that uh, maybe you know often you'll say well we're not pli- providing any guidance because it's so uncertain but yeah that is an odd comment i mean it's been a great winner out there it's been a good company they produced at those levels and uh perhaps if we had more confident management guidance going forward it would have been a recommendation of ours uh we just would love to see that from management over time we continue to monitor it and uh right now based on the you know the question becomes can they sustain those levels of growth and well not the growth there but even sustain the levels of ebitda that they produced during covid during this pandemic if they can it uh, uh you know it's offering reasonable value right now despite the jump but if they can't you know that's significant significant re-rating in terms of the multiple the stock would get and in terms of uh the just the cash flow the company would produce so we'll continue to monitor it great summary now i think that'll finish us off this week i'd like to again encourage you to come out to our uh, seminar next tuesday the 17th build a modern stock portfolio 15 to 25 quality stocks Go to our website, www.keystocks.com, and it's 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on November 17th. Keep your questions coming in to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. We will rejoin our Case For and Case Against segment next week. And uh, I wish you all out there, again, profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone.